What is ministry like? That's the question we're answering today. We're pulling back the curtain on ministry leadership, the blessings and the burdens, the exhilarating wins and the exhausting challenges, discovering work-life balance and the privilege to co-labor with Christ and serve his kingdom. I'm your host, Jennifer Robinson, for December 1st, 2023. Welcome to Bloom. This is a podcast designed to inspire, encourage, and grow women in their relationship with others and Jesus. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. To him be glory both now and forever. On the first Friday of each month, Bloom drops a new podcast geared to help you grow in grace and knowledge in your life and ministry. So today, whether you are a ministry leader considering entering a role in ministry leadership or someone who serves in the church, this conversation is meant to be twofold, to educate and to encourage. I'm excited to be joined today by three of my brothers and pastors, Scott Lessing, pastor of our prison campus in Lorraine, Joe Lamont, pastor of student ministries, and Kajavius, or KJ Wilson, pastor of outreach. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. So I don't want to waste any time. We have lots to talk about, so let's just dive in. So the first question, what excites you most about ministry right now? I think the Michigan fans should answer first. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it in right away. For all of our our, uh, Go Blue fans, Go Blue out there, and Jesus is coming back for us first. Yes, he's ca- because he's coming back for the least of these. The <laughs> least of oh, there you go. I got you. That's all good. It's all good. Um, what excites me the most? Yes. Um, right now, I think. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I would say uh, one thing that I'm focusing on is just helping people, like being able to do ministry in their own context. Um, I think that's right now probably one of the hardest things is how do we like share um, or be the church Mm. with people who look like us, have the same finances as we do, uh, education. I think it's very hard to reach that group. And so I find that it's very easy to go and like when you find somebody who's a little bit um, maybe looks different than you from a race standpoint, or again, they may have a little less finance, more finances, or not more, less finances than you have. I think it's easier to be like, oh, well, they, they need something. But to go and look at it and say like, no, everybody needs the gospel, mm-hmm. and how do we reach all people in that? So helping people in, their, in our church in their context do that. Mm-hmm. I'd say... Uh, yeah, just working with students. I've worked with students for a decade right now. Uh, this is year 11. And uh, I, I would say, like, I think it's a really, um, you know, there's a lot of concern about the generation coming up and mm-hmm. Gen Z and younger. Um, but there's also, uh, I'm not saying it's my concern necessarily, but a lot of, like, the things that you hear is, like uh, like, a lot of concern about, you know, where people are headed in their relationship with the church and, you know, mm. oh, the world's, you know, off to hell in a handbasket and we need a return of morals and biblical values to the school systems. And you, you'll hear a lot of that dialogue, right? Um, mm. But I would say, like, my experience with students right now, though, is that um, there is hungry for the presence of God as they've ever been, and they're, they're open to the supernatural. They're mm. open for an experience, 
And uh, so I think that's really exciting. And then I'd say like just my own like personal context, what is exciting to me about uh, working with students right now. Uh, We're getting opportunities just uh, that are kind of like trickling through where we're getting to send uh, like student worship teams uh, to go minister at other youth groups for like their camps and their retreats and stuff like that. Literally just got another text about one of those opportunities today. So just getting to empower and encourage and equip students to go and share what God's doing them and them with other students. I think that's what I'm, I'm pretty excited about right now. Uh, for me, I, I love equipping and developing disciples Mm -hmm. to go and make disciples like that's it's just fun and exciting i also like going into like really dark places i used to not i used to be terrified of that but i think after doing prison ministry like i have a a better appreciation Mm -hmm. and it's not as scary as i thought you know going into the darkest places Mm -hmm. or where there's the least amount of gospel um and i think that the church needs to get uh to be more encouraged to do it. Maybe not to be comfortable with it, but definitely to be more encouraged. So I, 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 I've, I've really come to appreciate that more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this next question is, it's a little too soon after the, the loss of Ohio State this past weekend, but um, I think ministry can relate to sports in the sense that sometimes you experience the big wins, uh, something where God shows up and does something amazing, and then other times you have these devastating upsets like we, we did this past weekend. Um, someone walks away from God, maybe returns to their addiction or attacks your character. So I just want to talk for a moment about um, the devastating upset. How does that affect you and your leadership? We, we had a really devastating upset at our campus in Lorraine. We had a guy who was only at our prison for nine months, and then <clears throat> he came to know Jesus while he was there. You only have nine months, right, to, mm-hmm. to work with these guys, and so uh, when he went back on the streets, he went right back to his addictions mm-hmm. and uh, to the point where he OD'd and died. And, wow. and it 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 really affected our team. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a daily struggle for a lot of the guys that we work with. But mm-hmm. for our team to be affected and impacted so greatly, like it, it just it, it brought the reality of the struggle of life that even if you know Jesus, mm-hmm. you still have real struggles in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that in. In the American church, I think that we've bought the lie that once you come to know Jesus, everything is better mm-hmm. and that you have mm-hmm. no more struggles. And I, I think that our team saw the reality that you, know, you come to know Jesus and sometimes the struggle is greater. And, you know, how do we how do we stand next to guys like what KJ was saying earlier about people maybe who are different financially than you? Don't just give them money. How do you like get mm-hmm. in the gutter with them? Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that's, like, that's the ministry, I think, that Jesus did. And that's the ministry that I really believe that the, the Lord's calling us to, mm-hmm. you know? And, but it's, it, it's different. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different ballgame, you know? But that really, that was a great loss, but I think it showed our team, like, it gave them a greater vision for how do we prepare these guys after they leave? Like, how mm-hmm. do we still walk alongside them mm-hmm. when they go back home or they go into the halfway house or they go, you know, and, and they're really struggling with their addiction more than maybe more than ever before, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And just to give context to whoever's listening, like, uh, so, so this is Joe speaking, Scott's my oversight here. And so mm-hmm. Scott knows me like super well, but like, I feel like we all have had pretty deep and honest conversations, everybody around this, this, uh, table right now. And so, 
um, I think you guys will be able to like testify, like uh, know me enough to understand where I'm coming from with this. But I think my personality type, one of the things that I actually struggle with is probably um, taking the time to even recognize when a loss is a loss. <laughs> because for me, it's always mm-hmm. like, okay, like you just got to keep going. You got to keep trucking. Mm-hmm. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. And, and I is think that more your family background. 100 percent like that is straight family of origin you know what i mean head down hand to the plow you don't you don't celebrate wins and you don't mourn losses Mm -hmm. you just go oh you've Mm -hmm. had a lot of success guess what nobody cares (laughs) like that's like and really like i i've uh, my my parents have even accomplished some like pretty crazy stuff like in in their work fields and Mm -hmm. you would never know um and so there's a good part of that right it keeps you like it taught us as kids to be grounded. There's also a bad part of that. We never celebrated anything. Heck, we hardly celebrated birthdays, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, well, uh, I really, I truly believe that like, if you can't lament, you also can't experience true joy hmm. either. Cause I think the two are, are tied together. And so, uh, I'm actually probably more of like, um, emotional, infant if if an adolescent when it comes to even like recognizing when something's like a loss and like taking the time to like grieve that and actually live in that and so um i mean i i think what just like other churches other church leaders who don't work with students uh uh deal with is like one of the hardest thing i think is when when kids when kids or people stop coming to your youth group or your church mm-hmm. like still uh e- like even like you know, going on, this is, like I said earlier, uh, over a decade now doing this, it doesn't get easier when a kid says, Hey, I'm no longer going to come to youth group. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, dang, like that's, that's a bummer. Like what, what happened? And it's like, they might give really good reasons or like, it's just, Hey, this is not the season I'm in right now. It still hurts though. It still hurts that like, you know, you can't be there for them in that next step of their journey, wherever they're going. So do you hurt more for them or you take it personally? Ooh, um, I think, I think a little, I think a little bit of both, honestly, I, I would say like there, it depends on what, what stage of conflict I'm in in my life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's always going to be some, some level where, you know, I think you like ask the question like, man, is something in me not good enough or did I do something wrong? Uh, but other times I'm like, I'm like, wh- it's also situational. There's sometimes mm-hmm. too, where you just, you know what the person's like either headed back to or where they're wh- what they're moving towards and you're like ah, like if they could just stay tethered to this community i think it'd be a lifeline for them mm-hmm. but you gotta learn to hold people loosely and that is that's very difficult I, i'll say this though like i've watched <clears throat> i've worked with joe for how many years has it been four this is the fourth yeah um and i've watched him grow in in this aspect of his life big like a lot and i think writing and producing your you know the is it the EP, LP, yeah, yeah, CP? What is it called? EP. <laughs> yeah, just dropped an EP, and then I'm gonna. And that rem- is. Uh, it's called the American Idols EP, spoken word EP, and then I'm uh, working on a full length album called The Lament. But but going through that process though, I mean, you essentially were journaling all your laments of church and and life and mm-hmm. all, all the losses, really, right, of your life mm-hmm. over your lifetime in, in both areas of your life, and I think I've been fortunate to get a front row seat to to watching you mature and grow through that and i think that you're way past adolescence in mm-hmm. this area of your life but but you don't give yourself enough credit because again like that 
the mm. family stuff, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. It's actually and probably true. This is therapy right now. <laughs> is this a podcast for other people or is this <laughs> therapy? Which one is it? Feels like therapy. I thought, though, you brought up a really good point about the dynamic in ministry leadership how you said like you can't hold people too closely, but it's really hard because we are like a people centered role. I mean, we're all about people and ministering to people and it's hard to pour out ourselves into people and to want to shepherd them and be alongside them, but at the same time kind of hold them a little bit, you know, to a distance to where like if they walk out of our lives, Should you know, we do that though? it's not, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you, how do you do that? It's hard. KJ has a lot of wisdom <laughs> here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sitting back listening to y'all, man. Um, yeah, I, I think when you're doing life with people, I don't. I, I think there's there's an intimacy and vulnerability you got to have in order for them to really see you, see who you see who you are. And I think, I think one of the mistakes is I, I see people do even with that if I can just segue just a little bit and then come back to the point, is that um, the people that God calls you to, um, I think there's just a natural chemistry. It's almost like a friendship, you know, and it's not hard. It's not. And I see people a lot of times trying to pour into people that they're maybe not necessarily called to. So I don't really think at the end of the day, it's, it's a hard thing. Like I, I look at it as more of like a graduation as more of like, no, like you were under me for a time, but now it's it's time for you to take off, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think that's what Jesus really wants us to do, um, as opposed to looking at it more of like, it can be deemed like looking at it more like in a selfish way, like, oh, well, you're leaving me. Mm -hmm. And that's, they're supposed to leave. It'd just be like, if you have children, right? You raise them up to be adults. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the way it should be you know, when we're <clears throat> discipling folks, so. Agreed, yeah. All right, so I wanted to um, talk a little bit about expectations. So what do you think are some of the most frustrating and unrealistic expectations placed on ministry leaders? You got to speak now. I I'm know, just, right? I'm, I'm just laughing. I'm laughing, man. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily have just a thought yet. I just... It's a good question, and I'm like... Hmm. I think the funny thing about this question is, like, in the spirit of, like, being candid, is, like, you... I think you did bring, like, and not just saying this, I think you brought three people in the room to talk to about this question mm -hmm. who really buck back against other people's <laughs> expectations <laughs> of them. And we don't care very much about other people's expectations. Yeah. And so like, I think that's like really like being honest. Like, so I think this is a tough like uh, question for any of us to answer. Cause it's like, you have got, you have three people who like their, 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 their baseline uh, response to this question would be like, I don't care what your expectations are of me. Like, you know, is that well, true? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely true for me. KJ, it's true? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I, I think the hard part, I'm the oldest one in the room, right? I turned 50 Half in a couple century. days. Yeah. Um, and I feel like KJ's going to call me that for a long time. I just, just the way he said it. Well, you, when you were talking about EPs, I was like, he's thinking A-Tracks in his head. A-Tracks. I did know A-Tracks. Scott's in the season of life where he's realizing his hips do lie. Uh, <laughs> shout outs to Shakira. <laughs> That's good. That is very true, man. My left hip is a mess. But um, so I, I think for me, I'm in a unique situation because I resonate with the half generation older than me, like the guys who are 60, 65 in ministry or just in life. 
And like they they have these desires to still fulfill what people's expectations are. And that's not a shot on them. That's just that's just the way that they did ministry for so many years. Mm-hmm. But I also resonate with the guys who are younger with me that are saying, wait, why why should we do this or that or this or that? Like, why is that even an expectation? And mm-hmm. and I, I, I sit in between both these groups and I'm like, I understand both. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand the older generation, but I feel like the younger generation. So what do I do, mm-hmm. right? And so I I usually pick pick my my fights well, and I try to um, to be true to who I am. At the same time, you know, do it in a in a in a way that can be received as best as they can receive it. Right? Sometimes, no matter how I say it, they you know when so the expectation that I think is hardest for me is when you think that you can call me or text me or email me and yeah. I should respond to you immediately, mm-hmm. even yeah. if it's eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I have a family, I have kids, mm-hmm. and and I'm supposed to be an example of how to raise a family. Like, that's the expectation that people have of me. Yet you want me to give up all of that to meet your needs right now in the moment. And that mm-hmm. sounds so harsh, right? Yeah, I know. But, but I, I will tell you that most of the time when, when I get that phone call or that text and I do end up talking to them, I'm like, oh, I just needed this, or I, I was wondering about this, or let's say it is a really bad one, like my wife left me tonight. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. well, how long has it been going bad, though? And and now now you expect me to drop everything, and you haven't reached out to me for three years that you've been mm-hmm. struggling with your wife. Mm-hmm. And now you want me, and, and I'm just being as real as I can, Jen, because yeah. you asked us to be super yep. transparent, and like, I'm throwing myself under the bus because people are going to be like, that Pastor Scott, man, he doesn't care about people. Not calling him again. <laughs> right? yeah. like, I'm, not, I'm never going to call him. But, but there are times that I will be there for you. Yeah. But when you text me and say, like, my wife just died tragically, I'm going to leave everything and come over to your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But if it's, you know, I don't know. Like, like there's, there's different levels, right? I mean, yeah, but I would say 99% of the time, people's expectations that I should drop everything for them no matter what, any time. Yeah. And that's just, that's unfair, I think, to mm. us as pastors or ministry leaders. You know, as, as you, because point of clarification, are you just talking people in general, like our congregants? And right, people in that? general. Yeah. I would say one unfair expectation, and this is more so, I think, coming, being in a white suburban um, setting. You feel like our setting's white and suburban? <laughs> No, I'm yeah, just messing with pretty much, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that the expectation is that that I guess pastors are supposed to be like poor and humble, like these, mm-hmm. like basically almost like slaves in a sense. Like you, you know, your treasures are in heaven. I, I, that to me is like I understand that concept. And yeah, I get like I'm not gonna get everything here, but dang, I I gotta get something, man. You know, what I'm saying? I like nice things. I don't wanna, I don't wanna just be like, oh man, I, I gotta go to Walmart for all my stuff because <laughs> hey, you know, treasures in heaven. And I'm like, nah, man, bump that. I want I want nice things. I like Vans. I like Nikes. I like all that stuff, you know. And I wanna I wanna have some stuff, but for some reason, there's this mindset of like, no, you're supposed to be. I think. This, I think there's like you're supposed to put on this humility mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't humbleness is, is is just a way of being it's an attitude you know it's not so much of like yeah I mean I'm, I'm not going to go around 
wearing a bunch of jewelry and stuff like that. You know, that won't deem well for me around Those here. Those are nice earrings, though. Thank you. <clears throat> They're not real, but thank you. But, <laughs> so, but, I'm get, so I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm just being honest with you. Okay. Right? So is it is it wrong to drive a nice car? No. All right. Mm-mm. And see, this is this is... I'm I'm just kidding. I'm not uncomfortable. I know I know I know what you're doing. <laughs> but I think there's I know people that are uncomfortable. Yeah. With what you're with what Absolutely. Both you and yeah. I are saying, right? Absolutely. Because it's like, oh my gosh, are we not allowed to be like you can't be that honest as a pastor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we're supposed to lie, mm-hmm. right? To make well, other people feel comfortable. Exactly. It's it's I I gotta make you feel comfortable, so that you know, you can keep your perspective, mm-hmm. you know, on what you deem is. And it's like, no, that's not realistic. This know? is like very counter like grace culture, you know, and you grace guys are or race grace. OK, grace. And you guys already know some of my thoughts on the conversation. Like I definitely hear K- KJ. And then I also just dropped the whole like EP about American idolatry. Right. <laughs> so like I, I, you know, I, I get all of it. Right. <laughs> Um, I, I think this is so interesting. This is very counter like grace where we're serving, which I, I love our church, not just saying that either. It's really healed my, my life in so many ways. But uh, um, Stanley Hauerwas, he says, uh, all church finances should be public information. And uh, he's a professor at, uh, at Duke. And I always thought, man, that's like really interesting. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just hit that frame of, of re- reference mm-hmm. that he's coming from. It's like... Uh, yeah, I just I, I I don't know. I don't want to rabbit hole too much, but because uh, I know the questions about expectations. But it is I, I think it's better to be honest about what you really want and what you really like mm-hmm. than to to wear a false humility. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think I, I do think there's uh, um, a lot of transparent realness to that because mm-hmm. I'd rather somebody just say like to me like what they really want what they really desire heck I think that's even what God asks of us uh, I, I think about this all the time uh, David's sin with Bathsheba mm-hmm. and doesn't God I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this but doesn't God say to David I've given you all of this and if you asked me I would have given you even more mm-hmm. And so there has to be a level where we're just like where we're first being honest with God, you know, and then you need accountability built in where people can look in and say, mm-hmm. yo, that's a little extra. Mm-hmm. And that's more been my gripe with like uh, a lot of American church leaders that I've mm-hmm. seen over the years is not so much that they like nice things or that mm-hmm. they're driving certain cars. It's more of like who's keeping you accountable mm-hmm. and yeah. making sure yeah. That you're not traveling from place to place, mm-hmm. preaching the same exact message yes. and making a hefty <laughs> paycheck for yeah. it. Who's yes. keeping you accountable? And so, like, I travel and speak a good bit, but built into Grace's mm-hmm. work hour and workflow uh, uh, for the year uh, mm-hmm. is you get 12 outside ministry days. Mm-hmm. So, what I know if I'm pushing past too much past 12 outside ministry days, I might be giving too much to other places rather than the house that I'm serving at. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the other thing, though, <clears throat> Jen. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you talk a little bit because you're okay. making us talk. So I'm gonna make you get uncomfortable. <laughs> so yeah. does your husband work? Yes. So if you drive a fancy car, is it on your paycheck or his paycheck? Well, no, we don't know. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say, so is it okay for you to drive a fancy car, or have nicer things, or yeah. wear Nike, or right? Right. Or like shop at Heinen's or like, is that yeah. okay? See, so I, I was going to say something anyway, because I almost feel like I want to 
not rescue you from you know, with what you said, but just for anybody that's listening, that's like, oh, I can't believe he feels that way. I don't want you to be like judged the wrong way or anything. But if you think about the verse you brought up, treasures in heaven, when you look at the end of that verse, it says where your treasure is there, your heart will be mm. also. Mm. And so to me, God's talking about a heart issue. So like if what you're spending your money on, if it's becoming something like an item of worship to you, mm. that's, I think what he cares about the most. Right. And of course we're called to be stewards. Like I understand that, but I, I think that where the misjudgment of others comes in, where the expect the wrongful expectations yeah. of others comes in is that if you're wearing some kind of a name brand logo or we're not driving a clunker, you know, coming into, you know, the the church parking lot, it's not to say that, you know, somehow our heart's in the wrong place or, you know, or that we're putting a bad example out there as ministry leaders because we have something that's nice. Um, It doesn't mean that our heart is all about whatever it is we're driving or what are we wearing and things like that. It could be. It could be, but, but it might not be. Right. See, and, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go. I would say, see, I, I want that person to ask that question mm-hmm. because that puts them in a place of conflict, which I think. <laughs> which for, you love. Which, <laughs> well, and, well, here's the thing, right? In order for people to grow, mm-hmm. our role is to be able to put people in a place where uh, truth mm-hmm. um, can meet reality, mm-hmm. right? So. Meaning like, hey, what is right now? Let's say if I'm a racist, the only way I'm going to that com- that conflict is going to come out is if I get put in a situation where I've got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. I just ignore it mm-hmm. and just say, well, we're all the same under the sun, you know what I'm saying? And really it's like, <laughs> no, we're not. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then what we're doing is we're ignoring it. And so I always want to make sure like, hey, I don't mind if somebody like kind of like Joe was saying earlier. I don't mind if somebody's like, I can't believe he said that. What is his problem? This and that. It's cool with me. You know, we can talk about it. You can. Uh, I'm on the Gray CMA site. You can get my email if you want to talk to me. We can have a conversation. But I understand. I like what you were saying, though, to, to wrap it up. is like, mm-hmm. yeah, at the end of the day, it's about your heart. Mm-hmm. And what are you valuing over? But knowing who you are, KJ, you and I have had a lot of conversations over the years. And you don't mind challenging people, but you also don't mind if people challenge you. Correct. And at the end of the day, you've come back to me and said, thank you, or I think that you may have been right, or, you know, you were right, at least the years that Ohio State beat Michigan, you were right. <laughs> you know, like, Dude, like you, but seriously, you've been able to, like, to say those things to the, to the people who, who you can trust, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And if people come at you the right way, for the right, with the right heart, mm-hmm. then you're able to, like, give it, you know, in a healthy way back to them. Yeah, I, I think... Um, and thank you for saying that. I think more so for me, I'm like, you know, even if they come the wrong way, you know, I I, I look at it as like chewing up the meat, spin out the bones. Like, mm-hmm. is there some truth that I can still take out of that? Even though I didn't like the way that you came at me, mm-hmm. there's still maybe something I can take away from it. And how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Which I think is probably a trait we all should have, I, I would guess, around this table because people come at us all types of ways, mm-hmm. you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good dialogue. So we're like totally switching gears um, with the next question, but um, I want to talk about serving a little bit um, because we are both called and we're privileged to serve. I was listening to a pastor at a recent conference and something he said really challenged me. 
Um, he said, we're called to serve others, but what happens when we are treated like servants? What aspects of serving others has been challenging for you in ministry leadership? Uh, well, I guess for me, because I'm in outreach, so I, I, outreach is it's, it's, it's unique because it's not, it's not something that an option, I would say, like, um, people are going to go to student ministry at a certain age group, right? Um, prison, it's pretty, I would say it's pretty open, but you don't have a lot of necessarily kids that are coming in that environment. I would say my environment affects everyone, but it's just this kind of silent, kind of like almost been placed, I think, throughout history in churches where it's like, oh, outreach is an option. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not an option when you leave this building, you know. And I think a lot of times, like there are, I, I, I split it up in two different ways. Um, there's needs that are inside the, inside this place that need to happen, and there are needs that are outside the place, right? Mm-hmm. And not everybody may not help on the inside, but you're still supposed to go out and be the church. And I think that's the hard part that I see, and the struggle is that people don't know that they're the church. They just think like, oh, I'm going to the church. And then I, I put my light on the, in the, on the, on the, what do you call it? The counter when I walk out mm-hmm. and then I pick it back up when I come back in here. Mm-hmm. And that's so what not, you're saying is some, sometimes people inside the church are like the, the sucker fish on a shark. What is a sucker they, fish? They just get, they, they sit on the, on the shark. Oh, and, okay. And they okay. Just, yeah. They get yeah. all the scraps and they just uh-huh. feed off of all the bacteria mm-hmm. that's yeah. on the shark. Hmm. But they don't let analogy. anything come and feed off of them. Correct. Yeah, it's an interesting analogy. And I think that's just maybe just not being aware of like, okay, like, first of all, understanding everybody, I think, understands that, okay, we need a savior, but maybe not understanding like, okay, well, how is, what is he, how is this good news? Mm-hmm. You know, it is great news that we're going to be with him in heaven one day, right? But this ain't heaven here. Mm-hmm. So how can we be, how can we say, how is Jesus actively living talking to me every day how is he working in my life so that when I can go out of this place a when people are talking to me about him they're saying yo what is different about you man like just something your perspective's different or you talk different or you you know as opposed to thinking like I've got to be like a certain type of clerical collar and all this stuff I segue I get that a lot of times people are like you're not what I expected and I said I I understand (laughs) because they're like I was expecting kind of like maybe a white guy with the collar and the bible in his hand and can you please start wearing the uh, collar I I I think I will I think I will Um, can I ask you another question can I poke a little bit no but go ahead do you think that we (laughs) do you think that like I'm not talking necessarily grace but just in general do you Mm -hmm. think we equip the church well to go and do what you're talking about doing when they leave the church to still be the church do you think we equip them to do that no no i think i think people um right now i think our our, i think first of all our culture is just moves very fast Mm. and I was just talking, I was listening to another podcast the other day and the lady on it was talking about how when you spend time with the, you know, the Lord, the thing thing you need is time, you know, and that's the very thing that we are 
that's like we're battling against because it's because we don't have any time. Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, when it comes to discipleship, you need time mm-hmm. because it's like a, I always call it's like a I was just telling a, um, a resident the other day. I was like, it's like a steak that needs to be marinated. Like you need you need time with it, man, because then it comes out right, you know, or like fine wine. Right. Like it just gets better with time, you know. And I think Jesus, when you look at the scriptures and some people might be like, well, they didn't have some of the things like we do in our Western society to pull our intention, this and that. And I'm like, all right, I understand that. Like we have jobs, we have families. I get that. But at the same time, like if you look at what he did, like he was with those guys for three years and he was allowing those guys to, you know, ask him questions, you know, doing life. Right. Uh, trying by experience, doing practical things, you know, going out and healing and coming back, being like, yo, that didn't work. Why didn't that work? You know, he called him out. He told them who they were. And I think those are the things that I think that take a lot of time that in our minds we feel like we don't have all that time to do. And so I, I think if we can just, I, we got to go back to the basics and just really saying, like, how do we set the standard? Like, that's the nice thing about our roles and being in a church. We don't have to go by what society says. We're actually not supposed to, right? We can set the trend, but it's can, if we're not careful, we can very easily just kind of fall into what society does, you know? And I think that's where right now it's hard for people to, like, truly understand maybe who they are and, you know, how do I function out here, you know? I don't know if that makes sense. I don't mm-hmm. know if I answered it. Mm-hmm. Good. So I'm going to chime in on this one because to me, um, when I think of the word, you know, servant, to me, it always equates to humility. And I think about mm. a lot of the moments <laughs> where I've been humbled <laughs> um, as a leader. Um, I recently um, had a woman come up to me and she said, hey, I've got this idea I want to talk to you about because you're like the event coordinator, right? Mm. And <laughs> I had to just like bite my tongue for a minute because in spite of just the conversation that's been happening with the CMA with just, you know, titling women, you know, are they going to be called pastors? You know, so the CMA agreed, yes, we are. But Grace, we're still deciding and the elders are still, you know, praying over that decision. But regardless of at the end of the day, whatever that decision comes to, I've always felt like God has called me to pastor women. So even if that's not my title, that is, in my opinion, that's my calling. That's what he, he wants me to do. And so it was like a little bit insulting almost when mm-hmm. someone I felt like just kind of dwindled my role down to, well, you just plan the events, right? <laughs> and so I, it was like a piece of humble pie to just, to just say, okay, that's okay. You know, I can, if that is something that God wants me to do is to listen to this idea and maybe even be a part of planning that idea. That's, that's fine. It doesn't take away from like my calling or anything, but I just had to, I had to share so that. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. Uh, a swing. A, <laughs> what is that? Is it take a chapter or take a something out of your yeah. book a or page, whatever. Page page, that's what I can't, I can't think of it. 
for a whole chapter. Doggone freaking okay. podcast, man, huh? For a whole chapter. That's a whole awesome. chapter? Yeah. I'll take a whole chapter from you. Cool. <laughs> sort of like uh, somebody I know who took uh, signs out of everybody's oh gosh, here we go, uh, playbooks. I tell you what. <laughs> sat on the sidelines. <laughs> there's this. Oh, oh, you know what? There's this thing on Not Twitter. they won this year. Called, last year. It's called the Michigan Clock, and it says, how many days has it been since OSU has beaten Michigan? I think we're over like 1,500 days. I want you guys to go check that out you are, when you get a you chance. But anyways, <laughs> did I text you? Yes, there? you did. You started. Well, it. I had to. Ju- no, I started. It. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to jump on it. Sorry. The page. I could. The page. The page. So, how did that change for you? So he, you said you were like you were insulted, but like how did that like how did you reconcile that? Because did you look at that and was like, is that true, or was it like? Uh, nah, you're just off or like, how did you, it's a great question. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I always bring things before the Lord and ask him, like, is this what you want me to do? Because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. And if he wants me to do it, then that's what I'm going to do. So it doesn't matter about like, oh, well, that's been, you know, I don't look at things as like, well, that's beneath me, you know, um, (laughs) I don't also think, and I like, I like how when you talked about even just like in your American idols, it's kind of like how there's this, um, there's this trend of ministry leaders becoming like these almost like performers and they're like up on these platforms and these pedestals and like people almost kind of like idolize them and worship them. And I would never, ever want to get to a point in my ministry where I'm like, I feel like anything like smaller task wise or something just becomes like, oh, that's beneath me now. I don't I don't do those things like I still am very much um, I I juggle with when I'm at an event and I've got people that want to talk to me or I want, you know, to pray with me. But I'm also doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and I'm helping a team of people with cleanup or transitioning to like the next thing. And I'm always trying to like balance those things out. And you're a hub, um, aren't you? I am a hub. Yeah, same. Yeah. So when you were like talking, and not to cut you off, but like, like when if somebody came up to me and like said that thing, and I, I'm not like diminishing how you handled it, yeah. but I would have been like, oh, I could understand why you perceive me as that. Like I, I am like as a student pastor, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's basically what I do. Like you know, I create environments for other people to have yes. encounters, and we yeah. we obviously know. Yep. We obviously know that nothing matters if the Holy Spirit doesn't come with fire. Yeah. But it's like I'm a I'm a detail person. Yep. I'm always seeing like the big picture that other people aren't. So if somebody came up to me and was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, aren't you the event coordinator?" I'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah." And I work with teenagers, so like some kid. I sat behind one of our students at church on Sunday, and he like looked at me and uh, his his his. I don't want to share too much, but he he basically he looked at me and he was just like, "Oh, like hey, Jordy." And he's been in my youth group for like, so I went with students. It's like, no, that's not my name, man. That's my, that's not, that's not my name. So going back to humility, it's real easy to stay humble when you work with students Uh because they don't care. And I'm like, man, the longer that I can, like, like God can open doors because I I Mm -hmm. feel like a deep call to travel and speak, Mm -hmm. but the more I can travel and speak and still be a youth pastor, Man, just working with teenagers, that keeps it from going yep. through your head. You know, you're, you're going to your head because KJ and I, we uh, go to Berea Mid Park Middle School together. And if you ever think you're cool, mm-hmm. 
just go hang out with middle schoolers and you will realize real fast yeah you are not cool like people don't care Uh, like you might be celebrated from from by people your age and older but man hang out with some middle schoolers and high schoolers and you'll realize very fast like that you're not it man you're not it and so what's that have to do with like serving the tension i i think like tying it all back is like yeah i i feel like the biggest tension is like feeling like you're pulled in so many directions Mm -hmm. but what i've come to like realize with like people that are our personality types gen is that is how we serve Mm -hmm. the the gift that we offer is we are able to do a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. to bring the whole thing together every party needs a planner and i'm cool with being that planner (laughs) as long as i get to shoot off some confetti cannon shots then i'm good (laughs) i think at at lorraine one of the things hard for me is we have a really quick turnaround with these guys they're there for nine months and they're Mm -hmm. gone a lot of them not all of them Mm -hmm. um it's hard when you pour in a lot and you give like a lot of who you are mm-hmm. and they leave mm-hmm. and you never mm-hmm. see them again. Um, that, that's been a real challenge um, to the point where like I thought it would get easier and it hasn't gotten any easier. Mm-hmm. When you really, really pour into some of these guys, it, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to um – talk a little bit briefly about something that you kind of touched on a little bit earlier You're, when we were talking about expectations you were talking about you know well if it's eight o'clock you know and you expect me to text you right away but I've got a family and things so um being ministers of the gospel like we don't work a typical nine to five you know we don't clock in and clock out so um, in a position where you can kind of feel like you're always on um how do you prioritize time with family and then cultivate your own growth with Jesus I create a lot of white space for my family mm-hmm. uh, where I block off times that are it's just family time. Mm-hmm. And unless it's a, you know, an emergency, 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 mm-hmm. um, there's even been times that Jonathan or Sam, those are the two guys that oversee me, they'll text me and I don't always text them right back, mm-hmm. you know. And Sam's even said to me, I'm glad you don't always text me right back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why like I thought you know would that be a little frustrating for you he's like no that that shows that you're either in a really important conversation with somebody if it's during the day or maybe you're doing an event at night or maybe you're with your family like I don't know what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know so it it, it's actually scary if they always respond right away Mm -hmm. you know so for me I I really protect my family time Mm -hmm. um so that's huge for me can you ask the question once more? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how do you cultivate intentional family time and then also just, like, your own growth in Jesus? Because I know sometimes as ministers, we can get really caught up in doing and ministering a lot, but then how are you spending time with Jesus? How are you making time for that? Uh, I would say, for me, it's like... So it's, it's kind of weird because I... I really enjoy what I do, so it's I, I look at it like it's a lifestyle. Mm. But at the same time, I also understand that my family's got to be cultivated. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, nor, you know, I normally say, hey, I'm going to work up to a certain point, and then I'm going to cut it off, mm-hmm. and then nothing else in that time matters. Obviously, I do have a thing where I'm like, hey, if it's like an emergency, like something just abrupt happens, um, which we're like the news, right? Like it's 
always yeah. kind of like bad news, right? Mm -hmm. So, but, and there's some good stuff in there, but there's, there's a lot of things that happen, traumatic stuff. So if it's not like like an emergency, then I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm locked in. Mm -hmm. And I try to make that just a normal rhythm. Mm -hmm. And then that's like that until they go to sleep. And then if I need to get back to work or do something later, I'll do that. But yeah, that's kind of prioritizing it. Yeah, I I think just window to my my soul and personal life is like this is uh, tied back to the family of origin piece that we tied about. Like work mm -hmm. was never a cutoff in mm -hmm. my, my family of origin, and so I'm really like like it's like a war mm -hmm. that I'm fighting to learn mm -hmm. how to not like immediately respond to stuff. So practical steps I take is like leave my phone off of me mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. if my phone's on me, I do not have the self-control or the <laughs> willpower to not answer. It doesn't have to be a crisis. Yeah. It could be a, a text about, hey, which graphic do you like for this upcoming event? <laughs> yeah. Like that's just like my, that's what I saw modeled. That's what I, I was raised in and that's uh, my natural personality bend. And so, yeah, for me, I really have to like wage war uh, to like be present because I didn't mm -hmm. see it modeled uh, at all. And so, yeah, learning to do that and uh, yeah, leaving my phone off of me. And then sometimes my, my, in my rhythms with God, I have like, you know, I've always like kind of probably been a little jealous of people who say, I have this allotted time with God in the morning. That's just like, I don't have like very much. I'm like one of those people that gets everything done, but I don't have a flow necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I'm going to work on this, work on this, work on this, work on this, and then it's all going to come together at the end. And so that's how kind of how my time with God is even. It's like, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll sit with God for 10 minutes in silence mm -hmm. and I'll put a 10 minute timer on and just clear my brain. And then other times, you know, I'll be reading or whatever. Sometimes I need to go on walks when the weather's mm -hmm. nice and stuff. And so just always trying to, to get away with him uh, whenever I can, but it always looks different. Mm. So just to kind of close out the time here real quick, I want in just like maybe a few words for anybody listening who's currently in ministry leadership or maybe someone who is in our residency program or someone who's considering going into some kind of ministry leadership, whether that's vocationally or voluntarily, what is something that you would say to them to encourage them? Mm. I already know what Scott's going to say, so I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> SDI. I'll go, I'll go first. Uh no, he's not going to go. Yeah, I, I know what he's going to say. But uh, um, I would say if you feel like you're called to ministry, mm -hmm. it's because you are. Mm -hmm. But you need to discern whether it's full time vocational ministry or not. Mm -hmm. We've got to even mm -hmm. change like how we mm -hmm. talk about it. Every Christian in mm -hmm. full time ministry. Mm -hmm. That's what KJ goes back to. It's like uh, we have mm -hmm. to get in. In every person at Grace Church's mentality, every student's mentality, every person who has accepted Jesus, you are called to full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it's vocationally or not, then that's the real question. And so if you're wondering if you're called to ministry, you are. Mm -hmm. If you're wondering if you're called to full-time vocational ministry, um, bounce it by trusted voices uh, in your life. You know, seek mentorship, accountability, uh, sit down with a couple different pastors in different roles and look at what they actually do 
It's mm-hmm. not just always being with people. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a lot of event coordinating. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. You're, you're a pastor who actually sucks at event coordinating, so you build a team <laughs> to do that. But it's a lot of reading or a lot of studying or it's a lot of conflict management. So sit mm-hmm. down with a couple different mm-hmm. people that you're like observing and, and see if like you really think like, oh, that matches with you. And deep down, you have to discern, do you have the call? Because I've had a, com- a couple conversations with young people in my life that's like, oh, I'm thinking about being a pastor. And I'm like, I, that always like, <laughs> maybe I'm too Pentecostal for that. <laughs> like, but I'm just like, you're thinking about, what are you thinking about it? Yeah, like, right. Do you either feel a call to yeah. it? Like, and I would say like the, the last thing, because of working with young people, your heart has to break for people mm-hmm. in the, mm-hmm. in the climate in the broken state of this world, your heart has to break. And if your heart doesn't break, mm-hmm. then y- it might not be for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, just continue to grow in your journey with him. Like it's, it's, it's not about the end game. It's about the journey. And so how, the like I was just telling a, a resident the other day, like, one of my greatest feats I feel like that I've accomplished just in my journey with the Lord has been like forgiving my mom. Mm. And because that helped me mm. to learn, to, you know, when I ran into someone that was kind of similar later on down the road, I was able to handle that situation better because I had, you know, really took care of some of the things that are going on internally, right? That's how, again, going back to like Jesus being the good news, like that's how he's good by being able to work on that inner me. And so just keep continuing to keep that in front of you. And that's that's what's important, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So. So for me, is if you're go- if, if it's a vocational ministry thing, mm-hmm. I would tell people not to do it. <laughs> Don't go into ministry. Don't go into vocational ministry. Um, it's the hardest thing mm-hmm. you'll ever do. You'll never be able to satisfy anybody. <laughs> you'll feel like nothing's really a win. Mm-hmm. And you'll feel like you can't please anyone. Mm-hmm. So why would you ever go into it? <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, if you're going into it to be celebrated, this is the wrong industry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I right? Yeah. But the only reason you go into it is because Jesus is calling you mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's leading you that way. Yeah. So then you you have to say yes, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I would tell people not to do it. Um, and I've told a lot of people not to do it. And only one has said yes um, because they were actually called by the Holy Spirit. But mm-hmm. um, for people who are, are doing it from a non-vocational, like you can't help but do it. Like mm-hmm. that's what God's called every single believer to do is to, to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're not doing that, you have to really question whether whether you're a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I know that's really hard to hear. Mm-hmm. A part of me doesn't care because that's what Jesus said. So mm-hmm. if he said it, we can say it. But it, it's the call in every person's life to go and make disciples. And if you don't know how to do it or you're afraid to do it, mm-hmm. then you need to be equipped mm-hmm. to be trained, to be discipled yourself. Because um, Jesus spoke harshly to people who didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want my friends or family to be spoken to like that, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I, I think that we're all called to go do that uh, non-vocationally. Mm-hmm. But the vocational side, don't do it. 
Well, I appreciate you guys. I asked for candid. You guys uh, delivered. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. You knew that would happen. <laughs> I knew that would happen. Don't act surprised. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> also, just thank you for anyone listening. I hope this encouraged you, especially for those of you that are in ministry leadership or you're feeling the call to ministry. Um, just continue to subscribe. Um, you can comment. Love to stay in touch with those that are listening. And I will see you next month and next year. So in the meantime, keep growing and God bless.